Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, March 1st, 2022. And today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the forward to the second edition, page XVI, the second paragraph, starting with this physician repeatedly tried spiritual means to resolve his alcoholic dilemma but failed. Going through that entire paragraph and just focusing on the one paragraph. Today's readers are, and thanks everyone for your service, Team Tuesday. Crystal P, Sally P, Dara L, L, Leila L, Mary Lou, our newcomer greeter, Terry C, and our host, Esther C, for the second unrecorded hour. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, February 28th, 7 a.m., 18,608, that's 18608, and 10 a.m. yesterday, 18,608. 610. That's 18610. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover. Through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous, I will now ask for Leila L. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Leila. Good morning. This is Leila L., a recovered compulsive overeater from Idaho. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and a fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you so much, Leila. Leila, excuse me. Okay, I will now ask for Mary Lou G. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Mary Lou. Hi, good morning. Can you hear me all right? Uh, great, thank you. Can You can hear me? Okay. Yes. All right, um, Mary Lou G. from Massachusetts. And uh, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsive overeating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, and other media communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you so much, Mary Lou. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. 
Today, we resume our study in the big book. We are on the forward to the second edition, the paragraph, I'm sorry, page XVI, in the second paragraph. I'm going to ask Crystal P to get us started. Go ahead, Crystal. Good morning. This is Crystal P, recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. This physician had repeatedly tried spiritual means to resolve his alcoholic dilemma, but had failed. But when the broker gave him Dr. Silkworth's description of alcoholism and its hopelessness, the physician began to pursue the spiritual remedy for his malady with a willingness he had never before been able to muster. He sobered, never to drink again up to the moment of his death in 1950. This seemed to prove that one alcoholic could affect another as no non-alcoholic could. It also indicated that strenuous work, one alcoholic with another, was vital to permanent recovery. Good morning. Uh, this is Crystal P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. Oh, gosh, when I read this, just that first line, this, this physician had repeatedly tried spiritual means to resolve his alcoholic dilemma but had failed. Oh, my gosh, when I came into program, I was probably the most religious person you would ever meet. Um, I, I spent I don't, 10, 11 years just fully throwing myself into, um, into my religious faith, just trying to find some semblance of peace in my life. And, and just, it just didn't work. Like I was the girl that I would be, you know, I, I would spend hours in church and I was volunteering with these nuns and I was going to become a nun. And I was giving talks to people about my faith and, I had, you know, family members and uncles and aunts coming to me saying, please pray for me. You know, you're, you're so holy. God will listen to your prayers. You know, those are the kinds of things. That was the kind of life that I was leading. And none of those things, um, you know, while, while I, I, I love practicing my faith, none of those things relieved me of the bondage of my mind. None of them relieved me of the bondage of food. I was still numbing myself out with food. I had to medicate with food because my mind was such a torturous place to be in. And none of those things resolved it. I also remember, you know, just this line about how no non-alcoholic can help. And, um, you know, there was things that I shared in my step five where I had been carrying these memories from childhood for years and years. And I'd taken it to, you know, I talked to priests about it, to nuns. I'd gone to confession multiple times. I'd spoken to multiple therapists about it. And every morning I would wake up with the burden of that shame just hanging on my shoulders every day thinking this will never leave me. I will never wake up and be free of this. And I couldn't even imagine after doing my step five, my step four thorough and fearless step four process, and then step five having a, a recovered alcoholic a recovered compulsive overeater who has been where I have been, felt how I felt, you know, when having them look at me, hear my uh, step four, and, and reflect back to me the, the patterns that I'm living my life in that are not working. And I can't, like, I couldn't imagine that I woke up one day and it was gone. It's just gone now. And it just, I'm so grateful because coming into this program, the number one thing I had to realize was that that I am, I have, like I have a fatal illness. And I'm so, so grateful for that because I needed that level of motivation to be willing to let go of all my old ideas of God, all my old ideas of me, 
and be willing to try something new, do something different, uh, and do basically whatever I was told, and be open and, and, and decide to see my whole life differently. And when I did that, that's when recovery just started happening for me. Thanks for letting me share I pass. Thank you so much, Crystal, for getting us started. Okay, so before we take uh, names for people who would like to share what was read, just a friendly reminder, although we value your experience, strength, and hope, if you shared on uh, the last couple of days, Friday, Monday, um, if you could please stand back so others could share their experience, strength, or, and hope as well. So who would like to share on what was read? Nessa R. This is Larry K. Nessa R. Larry. Nancy T. Dara L. Dara L. Sean Kelly, did you say? Was it Sean Kelly? I just missed that. Sean K, maybe? It's Kelly S. Oh, Kelly S. Okay, was there a Sean? Loretta H. All right. Riska R. from Baltimore. I'm sorry, who from Baltimore? Riska R. from Baltimore. Riska. Gotcha. Nancy R. Nancy R. Who was that? Sean H. That's the person I keep missing. Can you speak up again, please? Sean H. Was it? Nancy L. Nancy, hold on one sec. Was it a Sean H? All right. Well, I guess you can come back. Um, uh, Nancy L. Okay. So here's what I have. I have Nessa R. Larry. I'm sorry. Who was it? Sean? All right. Here's what I have. Nessa R, Larry K, Nancy T, Dara L, Kelly S, Loretta H, Riska R, and Nancy L. And that one person I keep messing, I beg miss, missing, I beg your pardon. I hopefully we can get you on the next round. Okay. Let's get started. Nessa R, please go ahead. Hi. Good morning. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, this paragraph to me is like the bookend uh, paragraph because it talks about step one and step 12. Um, you know, spiritual matters will not, or, or practices will not get me abstinent. I cannot practice the steps in hopes of achieving abstinence. I have to be abstinent in order uh, to work the steps if I am to achieve recovery. Um, you know, I, I tried spiritual means um, to get abstinent, you know, throughout my life, I prayed to God, you know, God, please make me sin. Please help me not eat, not eat so much. Please help me stick to my diet. And none of that worked because, you know, God will do for me what I cannot do for myself. But he, can, he will not do for me what I can and should do for myself, which is keep my hand away from my mouth. Um, and it is uncomfortable and there's no shortcut. There is nothing that's going to make abstinence easy. Um, until I get recovered. Um, it is uncomfortable, and the only thing that will get me there is the desperation to withstand that discomfort. Um, and then uh, step 12, um, strenuous work, 
strenuous work means only one thing. It means working one-to-one with a sponsor, taking them through the steps. There's no other role that the the sponsor has. You know, I'm not my sponsor's psychiatrist or counselor or social worker or, you know, uh, uh, life coach or family therapist, financial advisor, lawyer, nutritionist, doctor. I only know one thing. I have no qualifications at all in any of these other areas. I only know one thing, compulsive overeating and the recovery therefrom. And that's the only place that I can, that I can um, add any value. Um, but I don't go from step one to step 12, you know, and that's why I call it the bookend. There's something in between, you know. Um, I have to get abstinent to work all the steps to get to step 12, and I don't get to step 12 until I have done the rest of the work and recovered because I cannot transmit something I haven't gotten. Step 12 means having had a spiritual awakening, and that means uh, recovery and a relationship with God, which in my case, I was only able to achieve through um, the working of the 12 steps in entire abstinence. Um, you know, I tried many other means, and I, and, I, and I thought I had a relationship with God prior to uh, coming to program, but I was mistaken. Um, you know, my relationship with God was simply, you know, bossing him around and telling him what my will for him was. And guess what? That didn't work. That didn't get me recovered. Um, only this got me recovered. Uh, and I recommend it for everyone. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Nessa R. Larry Kay, your turn. Hey, Amy. Thanks so much for, for your service, Amy. I'm Larry Kay. I'm a uh, recovered compulsive reader, and I'm from Chicago. So, you know, th- this, is, this is my take on this, uh, this paragraph. Um, if we don't accept that we have a physical allergy that biologically intensifies our desire for more and a twist of the mind that mandates that we can't stop from starting, we're not going to work the steps with the, the, the enthusiasm, you know, the, 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 the integrity that's necessary to bring about recovery. It's just not going to happen. And, and Dr. Bob came to understand that no amount of willpower can keep an addict away from his or her um, alcoholic substance or behavior. And so for the first time, he learned that recovery is not about willpower. It's not about religion. It's about venturing out of the isolation of a willful self, you know, in connection with another person, and that, you know, ultimately he's gonna he's gonna access power with God. And so you got two guys. You got Bill and Bob. They're on the edge of death. They come to the sudden realization that it was it wasn't a moral failing, but it was a disease. And finding a spiritual treatment together. Then you know, then they're going to find a solid path to a sustainable uh, uh, spiritual recovery. And what's interesting to me is, is uh, Bob's drunkalogue was every bit as horrific as Bill's. And, and I was looking at his own words. He said, "He said I used pills and booze every day." He said, "I woke up in the morning with jitters. I took a sedative to steady my hands for surgery." This guy was a proctologist. He would start drinking again in the afternoon. Couldn't, you know, couldn't sleep. He said, sometimes in the operating room, I'd be high as a kite. Luckily, I haven't killed somebody. And this same guy, Bob Smith, without receiving a dime, went on to treat over 5,000 alcoholics in Akron at the St. Thomas Hospital. 
And in fact, in one of his last talks, which he hated doing, by the way, he said, even now, I still think I could probably knock off a couple of, of scotches. But then he says, I say to myself, better get back to the job, big boy. Better go see some of the drunks on the ward. Giving of ourselves, it takes practice, you know, to learn the spirit of service. That's what he said. So when they meet that night, facing death, trying to find a way to stay alive, I think God chose a doctor. And when Dr. Bob hears Bill say that his own physician in New York, Dr. Silkworth, thought of this alcoholic allergy was a disease. See, with a disease, a disease has four things. It has signs, it has symptoms, it has a course that it takes, and it has a progression. And it implied what? A treatment. And so Dr. Bob sort of recast their shared search, thanks, Amy, for how to stay alive. And that was the deal in 1935. It's still the dealio for me today. With that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much, Larry Kay. All right, Nancy T, you're up. Thanks, Amy. Good morning, everybody. Nancy T, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Lewis and Idaho. And I love, love, love this paragraph, as so many of them in the big book that I love. So, um, so when uh, the reader first started reading that first sentence that said that the physician had repeatedly tried spiritual means to resolve his problem, but for me, the only spiritual means I ever tried was, God, help me, I can't do this, you know. But yet mm. I continued to um, bury myself in a pile of my binge foods. So I was asking God for help, but I wasn't willing to do anything on my part. Um, and I remember the first time somebody told me that God will um, won't take the fork out of your hand, but he'll help you keep it down when you put it down. And so that was really powerful to me because it realized I had to be willing to put the food down and then um, ask God to help me through the rest of the process. So, um, but basically, you know, Dr. Bob had tried all these things. I think of me, I tried all the diets, all the therapy, all the self-help books, all, you know, everything. And I nothing had worked. So when Dr. Bob was presented with Dr. Silkworth's description of the plan of recovery or of our problem, basically, the diagnosis, which we find in the doctor's opinion, he, it says he pursued the spiritual remedy for his malady with a willingness he had never been able to muster. So I think he had a willingness because he heard something new. They hadn't heard this before. This was all new. For me, when I first, well, I don't know when I first heard it, but you know, all the times I go, I've tried AA, I've tried OA, I've tried this, I've tried, it doesn't work for me. But yet something kept me coming back. And I think that was the same thing that kept Dr. Bob willing to do this work because there was something in it that made sense. There was something in it that I knew rang true for me and that I knew that that was where the solution was. So I kept coming back over and over and over again. And I, you know, when I finally reached that desperation level for me, that's when I truly had the same kind of willingness that I think um, Dr. Bob here was able to muster. And one of the best things I like about this um, paragraph is that it makes very clear, um, no confusion here, that I have to work with another compulsive overeater if I want permanent recovery permanent recovery and it's not just working with another person strenuous work so i have to pursue 
the newcomer. Pursue the person coming back after relapse. Pursue the person needing this remedy with a vengeance in order to stay recovered myself. Very, very rarely am I not taking somebody through the steps, and I usually do two at a time, because I want permanent recovery first and foremost. Um, Secondly, I love it when the person I'm working for begins to see that light. It's an amazing experience that I don't want to miss, and I realize that it's vital to my permanent recovery. Thank you very much for allowing me to share. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy. Dara L., you're up, followed by Kelly S. Hi, great. Thanks for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. Um, And this paragraph made me think about, you know, the means I tried. And I was thinking about how 20 years ago at age 18 in college, I declared religious studies as a major because I knew that there was a hole in my soul. And I thought, you know, I'm going to find the religion that's going to save me. And, you know, like, spoiler alert, it didn't work. And I thought about all the, you know, the 18 different treatment centers that I've been in thinking, I'm going to find the, you know, the thing that's going to save me and nothing Nothing worked, and um, I love what was, you know, the little thing about resolving our alcoholic dilemma, and earlier, well, I guess later in the book, since this is the foreword, it talks about how lack of power is our dilemma, and so, you know, it's only in working with someone else in whom the problem has been solved that I can understand that, oh my God, you know, this person had the same problem that I do. And now she's a useful person. She's a happy person. You know, she felt the way that I did. And then I'm willing to do that work. And then after I do that work, I'm willing to, you know, go back to that person who might still be in the food or just, you know, shaky and just newly emerged from it and share with them the miracle that, you know, I went from being powerless to being, to having the power of God flow through me. And I don't know how that happens. Um, or I, I mean, I know how it happens. I don't understand the mechanics of it. <laughs> I don't understand um, the beauty of it or, or the vital force um, necessary to permanent recovery. And something else that stood out to me is when this book was written, you know, Bill had three years of, um, of sobriety. I don't think they knew. I mean, I think they knew in the same way that I know with a year and, and some change that like, yeah, yeah, this could last forever one day at a time, but they didn't really necessarily know that it was going to be permanent. I think the only way to know um, is, you know, the experience of Dr. Bob, right? That, like he died with the disease of alcoholism, not from the disease of alcoholism. And I think that's a humbling reality for me is that I need to do this work until the day that I die or I just might die, you know, like bent over a toilet, uh, <laughs> which is, um, which was very likely for someone like me. And the other thing, you know, I just want to share that entire abstinence is a precondition for me to seek that God of my understanding, who today I believe to be love. And I, I read this book, you know, prior to coming back to the rooms about how, you know, self-love was the antidote to everything. And I remember one of my last binges, I was driving to the store to buy binge food saying, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. You know, and then I was stuffing my face saying, I love myself. I love myself. And I was throwing up saying, I love myself. I love myself. And it doesn't work. You know, a spiritual solution without entire abstinence is not, it, it didn't work for me. And I really don't believe that it's going to work for anyone else that has what I have. Mm-hmm. 
but thanks so much. I'll just wrap up with this. Uh, but entire abstinence without a spiritual solution is a hell on earth, and I don't want to live that way. Um, and I'll pass. Thanks so much. Amen. Oh, Kelly S., you're up, followed by Loretta H. Hey, guys. It's Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thanks for your service, Amy. Um, just really wanted to share on this because um, one of the things, uh, there's so much in this paragraph, I don't even know where to start. So, you know, I think it's so important, of course, it's already been shared that I have to um, understand this doctor's opinion and understand the fatal nature of my disease and that I have to put the food down 100% black and white. Um, you know, my sponsor, I think the reason I wanted to share on this paragraph is when I, very first meeting I had with my sponsor, she said I had one of the things, her non-negotiables was to commit to take other people through this work. And I was like, seriously, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm willing to go to any lengths. You know, it's like, I know that sounds crazy. I've been around for years. I've worked with people, but, you know, the truth was committing to take people through this work is a lot of freaking work. It is. But I had to understand a failed nature. I was I was desperate, and I was dying, and I was willing to do whatever I had to, so I committed to that. And so, yeah, you know, if we hear all the time in the lines, and we read this book, you know, this is a spiritual solution. So, you know, I get to that idea. Okay, I understand I understand the doctor's opinion. I have this fatal disease. i got to put the food down 100% black and white, and then i got to find God. So, you know, I spend my 30 minutes with God every day, and that's going to be the solution. But it has made it clear that not only that, that we have to go through all this stuff, but we have to carry this message to the still-suffering compulsive overeater. You know, it's like I just wanted to be able to put the food down 100%, find this relationship with God, you know, and get on with my life. And I did that. I became recovered, went through the steps with a few people, rested on my laurels. It was too much work and relapsed big time um, a little over a year ago. And you know what? I had to get back to the basics, working strenuous. And the reason I wanted to share that was because it's such a big thing for me. And it says, Seem to prove that when one alcoholic could affect another, there's no alcoholic could. It indicated that strenuous work, and it says strenuous, requiring a using great exertion. I just got to tell you guys this. My last bench, not that that is not going to keep me abstinent, but I'm going to tell you this. I stayed home. I worked 12 hour shifts. I stayed home. I went to the grocery store twice. I binged and purged all day long. It kicked my freaking ass. It was so strenuous. So you know what? I said it on the lines before. i got to choose my heart. I'm going to go back in the disease, and it's going to be strenuous work. I'm going to work with you guys, and it is amazing. I never thought I'd be that person that said I didn't want to miss this experience. As an addict, you think I'd crave it because it is such a high to watch another person transform through these steps. So grateful today my sponsor made that requirement. It's in the book, right? It's in the book. Right here it is. So you got to remember that today. You know, it saves Bill when nothing else would, too. That I passed. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much, Kelly. All right, Loretta H., followed by Riska R. Go ahead, Loretta. Thank you, Amy, and thank you, everybody on the line who, along with my precious God, is saving my life today. Loretta H. and Raleigh recovered. Oh, my God. Um, it is indicated that strenuous work with another alcoholic is vital vital and that's that's how I stay alive for permanent recovery and Dr. Bob um, on Dr. Bob's um, 
in his story talks about how it took him two and a half years to feel comfortable around not drinking. And that's my story. I uh, came into the rooms in 2001. I didn't know how to eat. I was fortunate enough that my first sponsor was a nutritionist. Fortunate enough that she ran to AA meetings and she had never had a drink in her life to get the vitalness of this book. And I was fortunate enough to start sponsoring almost immediately because that's what she wanted me to do. I didn't finish the steps, but she thought it was so vital for me to do that because of that. And I firmly, this is why I want to and stay abstinent today. And it's my spiritual malady that I can't give something away that I haven't gotten or I don't have. And that's why for me, my abstinence is spiritual and my food plan is a tool. But I have to use that every day to keep my mind clear and um, unfogged up with the, um, you know, the, the, the things that destroy my body and my mind, the sugars or whatever your thing is. I, like, I always send everybody to a nutritionist. Today, anything I put in my mouth is a privilege. I still text my food to somebody after 21 years because I want to be accountable and honest, but I can't give away what I, and that's why I can't give away what I haven't had or don't have. And sponsorship for me is doing an honest day's work, whether it's with food or what I'm carrying the message with. And so uh, I'm, I'm so grateful today that I do have this program and that everything that I get is a privilege, whether it's program or the food or whatever, and I don't abuse that privilege. And right now I'm going through some stuff where I actually have to set an alarm so that I eat because I'm, I'm going through a, a tough time right now. But I want to keep my food plan so that I can mm-hmm. continue to pass on this message, which is a spiritual message, and I have a spiritual malady. And so that is what all I can say today, and I know that as Bob says at the end of um, your heavenly father will never let you down. That's what he says at the end of um, his story. And that's how I feel today if I carry this message in true honesty uh, with my food and with the steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Loretta. Okay, Riska R. followed by Nancy L. Hi, um, this is Riska R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Baltimore. Uh, thank you, Amy, for your service and for all the shares. Um, this physician had repeatedly tried spiritual means to resolve his alcoholic dilemma, but had failed. The physician began to pursue the spiritual remedy his malady with a willingness he had never before been able to muster. I I have to laugh. I I so relate to this. I I used to plaster my kitchen cabinets with sayings from the spiritual teachings of my religion about how my connection with God is connected with controlling uh, my my lusts. Um, 
and for me that was food. I, I used to, but it, you know, it, it didn't do a, do a thing, even right after I put them up, it, it, you know, because I never looked at them when I wanted to eat. Um, I used to put up lists of how terrible I felt when I ate sugar. I also didn't look at that. I used to, you know, I had it even on my scale because I'd been in and out of the program for, you know, 33 years. You know, I put a sign on my scale that I'm putting my food on the scale for the purpose of the commandment to exceedingly take care of my health and sanctify my body and, you know, cause God to rejoice. And, and, and of course, when I, if I'm, before, when I'd be out of recovery, I wouldn't even look at that. So it, it had absolutely no effect on me whatsoever. Um, and then a year ago, last December, uh, year before that, I, I, I just saw the quicksand stretching all around me. Like I just, I just got it, and I just threw myself, with the help of a, um, a sponsor, um, into the spiritual remedy for my malady with willingness that I'd never been able to muster before. Um, and thank God it's just freed me from, you know, the clutches of the, of the monster. And, um, anyway, I'm just so grateful to, to be able to be in that place today and, and for all of you. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Riska, Nancy L. And uh, before Nancy goes, just want to friendly remind everyone that we are on the second forward to the second addiction edition, page XDI, the second paragraph. Okay, Nancy L., you're up. Thank you, uh, Amy, so much. Um, thanks for all these wonderful shares this morning. Uh, I am Nancy L., recovered from my compulsive eating in Georgia. Um, this this paragraph, the thing that the word, the word willingness is such a big, important word in my life. Um, I came to the a uh, to OA in 2014, so I'm working on my eighth year. But I I was a I was a chronic relapser, and I thought I'd work the steps. I worked the steps, except I had one issue that I would not I would not deal with. I was going to take that issue to the grave with me, and it almost took me to the grave. Um, but I got a, I have a wonderful sponsor who has given me some guidance, and one of the one of the things it's that she told me was to start every day. And I read this in one of the paragraphs. Upon awakening, that's my directions. Upon awakening, I pray. I do my step 11. And she told me that. She told me to do that the first thing every every morning. And so I called her one day and I said, but I'm up and about. I'm on the way before I realized I didn't pray. I didn't do step 11. She said, when you open your eyes, do step 11. And I thought, well, if I remember, and do you know, since that day, God has done for me what I couldn't do for myself. God brings to my memory every morning when I awake, before I even put my feet on the floor, that I'm to do my step 11 and pray for 
his transforming power to transform my thoughts and my deeds and my actions so they would be like he would my, the God of my understanding. His thoughts and his his desires of his heart, I want those to be the same. And I haven't forgotten a single morning to pray that prayer uh, as soon as I wake up. It's on my mind, not because I remember, but I think because my higher power did for me what I can't, is doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. And I haven't relapsed. Um, I'm not sorry for any of my relapse because everyone I had, I learned something. And the last one I had, I learned that, yes, in fact, this disease is a progressive disease, and it will get worse and worse. Okay. Um, The last relapse I had, I didn't just have a piece of cake. I had a cake, and that was how bad my my disease had gotten. Um, So I'm just so thankful for this book and so thankful for this program and uh, thankful for having a higher power that's doing for me what I can't do for myself. And I shall pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, so we are ready to take some more names uh, What was uh, for people who would like to share on what was read. And, again, if you shared on Friday or Monday, you can let others share Jim. their experience. That would help. Jim? Barbara G. Barbara G. Barbara G. Barbara G. Gotcha. I'm sorry, who was that besides Barbara? Pedro B. Pedro. Gotcha. Nancy R. Nancy R. Santa H. Santa. Okay, there was someone before Shanta H. I'm not sure we're going to get to, to you, but let what was who was that, please? Michelle P. Michelle. Was it Michelle P? Yes. Okay, I'm not sure we're going to get to everybody. Let's see how it goes. I've got Jim. I didn't get your initial. Barbara G. Pedro B. Nancy R. Shanta H. And Michelle P. All right, Jim, you're up. Was there a Jim, or was that my imagination? Jim? Jim, Jim, Jim? No? Okay, well, uh, Barbara G., why don't you go ahead? Sure. Hi, my name is Barbara. And I'm a compulsive reader calling from Paris, France. And uh, can you hear me well? I can. Okay, good. And uh, I was so much enjoying your shares and the reading today. And uh, my memory went back to uh, the many years, in a way, that I spent uh, eating and uh, trying my best to improve my spiritual contact with a part greater than myself. And I was thinking about the tons of diaries and journals that I wrote every day and uh, 
the, the, the meditations and the affirmations. And, uh, and I was thinking that, yes, I'm sure that that all, all helped uh, me growing closer to God, but it never did solve my problem. It never solved my problem completely. Actually, never solved my problem full stop. And uh, the only thing that did, as uh, many of you said, was when I finally received the information that there was something that I had to do that was putting my allergic food down. And I remember that that was uh, such a discovery for me when I, it, I came on these meetings four years ago to receive the great news. And uh, of course, I was my back against the wall. And I was ready to receive it, but it is uh, only after I put that into practice that my 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 all my efforts, all the effort that I put into having a relationship with a power greater than myself, started to uh, to give truth, and uh, I actually started to be connected, and uh, and uh, and then I was also thinking that in order for me to be willing to be interested in others. Again, I need to have food down because until I will have food, I will not need anything else as a compulsive reader. And I know this by experience because it's not been until I put the food completely down that I needed you people that I needed other people, and then I needed to look at myself. Because before, food was all I needed. And so being altruistic is such a long way for me as a compulsive reader to go, because there are so many other blockages that I have to unblock. And, uh, and of course, I start with food by, by food, by putting the food down, and then by working the steps, and, uh, and then, yes, Spirituality becomes the real where I live in, but it's uh, it's such a beautiful journey, and uh, right. I'm very grateful to do it with you. Thank you, no problem. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Pedro. Jim, Jim S. in Toledo. Good morning. Can oh, I be heard? Jim. Uh, yeah, Jim. Yes, ma'am. We're going to put you after Pedro. Okay. Okay. Go thank ahead, you, Pedro. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for your service. Yeah, my name is Pedro B. I live in San Bernardino, California, and uh, very happy and and grateful to be here uh, working on my recovery together with all of you. Um, yeah, the the one thing you know, um, I understand that this book uh, is the direction to our recovery. You know, and uh, I'm so grateful that I have the desire to uh, to be recovered and and uh, to be working on my recovery. So the instructions, you know, one of the things that helped me is to put the I statement, you know, what I need to do to my recovery, right? Um, So what jumped out at me this morning was this, um, oh, by the way, I really like uh, what I heard uh, uh, this lady share that uh, I I need to be willing to put the foot down and I, and ask God to help me keep it down. I like that. I really enjoy that. I think it's very profound. Um, so it says the the physician began the pursue to pursue the spiritual remedy 
for his malady with a willingness he had never before been able to master. So that means that I need to pursue the spiritual remedy for my malady with a willingness I have never before been able to master. And then he sober never to drink again after the moment of his death in 1950. So that means to tell me that, you know, when they they tricked me on day one when I got to AA, they said, we do this thing one day at a time before, uh, one day at a time. Besides, you don't know if you're going to be dead tomorrow, so don't worry about the rest of your life. But the fact is that, you know, this is a... a, a for a lifetime, like I heard my friend Larry Kay say, you know, uh, yes, we work the steps quickly and then work the steps the rest of our life. This seems to prove that one alcoholic could never affect another as non-alcoholic could. That means that not even the doctors could help me as much as you guys can. That's what it means to me. It also indicates that this strenuous work one alcoholic with another was vital to permanent recovery. Boy. Permanent recovery. How the hell do you get that? You know, and, 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 and what it is, it takes work with you guys. You know, it, it takes reading this book, following the direction, and applying it in my, in my life, to my recovery. Permanent recovery. Wow. What a concept. And, and the fact is that, you know, uh, permanent recover, recovery for me. It starts this moment. Today is the day that I work on my permanent recovery. You know, I know in my heart that what I what I'll do today will manifest tomorrow. Okay. Thank you so much. I hope everybody has a great day. I wish all you all peace, happiness, and good health. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pedro. Okay, Jim S. We found you. Go ahead. Jim got press star one to unmute. Oh. I was on I was on this meeting last Wednesday and I heard Rita P talk about those that are afflicted and that was talking about me and God showed himself so strong early in the morning and I went back to sleep and then I thought, Oh my god, what why did I go back to sleep? And then when Rita shared it touched my heart, and so I've been trying to hang on um, until today. I, I was supposed to go to an AA meeting this morning, and the alarm clock didn't work, and here I am, so I decided to get on here. And last night I was in another meeting, and I shared what was going on with me, and I know that's the key to recovery is to be able to share it with someone else who understands what we go through. And for me, um, my overeating did not really show its ugly head until the 27th, um, two days ago, when we went out to eat. And And the lady brought bread, and I started to attack that bread and even ordered another piece of bread. And I'm thinking, I really am... A compulsive overeater it's it's proven to me but i think the only reason i was having trouble is that i didn't get on the meeting last wednesday 
for some reason or other, it's it's not that easy to get on. And, and I had trouble today getting on, but I'm on now. And I just want to give it all to my God, my higher power, and go through this day in recovery. I want to stay in recovery. I want to put down the food and and just live one day at a time. I'm so grateful I got on today. Thank you for letting me share, and to all those that understand what we're going through. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Okay, so we have uh, Nancy R. and Shanta H., and I've got, oh, it looks like we've only got three minutes. I'm sorry, I did not calculate that well. So, Nancy R., you're up, and if there's time, we'll do Shanta and Michelle. Hopefully, you could share on the second unrecorded hour. We'd love to hear from you. All right, Nancy R., you're up. Please go ahead. Thanks, Amy. Hi, this is Nancy R. from Northwest Illinois, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, well, wow, what a powerful meeting this has been um, and, and still is. Uh, uh, I am so grateful for each and every one of you um, on this line today. Um, the the uh, the part that of this paragraph that really stood out to me was uh, one alcoholic uh, with an, uh, working with one strenuous work, one alcoholic with another was vital. I have it underlined, circled to permanent recovery because it's, um, you know, I used to think for many years that, you know, I could take what I wanted and leave the rest and um, that uh, didn't work. And I'm so grateful for um, the willingness and ability to do the work in this big book and listen to you know that there are so many directions and things that are important and this is vital it's vital to my permanent recovery that i work one alcoholic to another and um i just recently completed my 12 steps in the big book and have just recently started working with um, a couple of uh, sponsees and um you know it's 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 everything you know i don't want it i i'm scared i'm excited um i keep going back to god thank goodness um for direction because it's not about me it's about uh each it's it's about each of our relationships with our higher power and just so grateful to be working with others and um to have this program so that i have a life today thanks i'll pass Thank you so much, Nancy R. Shanta. We've got about a minute and, I don't know, 20 seconds. You want to go ahead? Shanta? Thank you, Amy. Um, My name is Santa, S-O-N-T-A-H, calling in from New Jersey. Um, Grateful compulsive overeater, living in a solution one day at a time. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, I will share briefly that um, I just want to mention to anyone who doesn't know on this meeting who are new that Dr. Silkworth, the physician they're talking about, his story is in in the back on page 171 if you want to dive deeper into um, this passage, this paragraph. Um, When I came into this program, I... I, I was not looking for a spiritual means. I did not know that a spiritual means would solve my eating disorder. Um, didn't even know I had an eating disorder. I just wanted to lose weight. 
But I had discovered um, from being in this program that it is truly one compulsive overeater working with another compulsive overeater um, is what I need to do. And for me today, living in all three steps, 10, 11, and 12, is what I need to have permanent recovery. Thank you, Amy. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Tonto. Okay, everyone, we're going to wrap things up here. I'd like to thank everyone who has shared and for Team Tuesday service. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following uh, the closing. The share ID for today's meeting, Tuesday, March 1st. Uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 18,615. That's 18615. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Sally P. please read a vision for you? Yes, thank you. Hi, Sally P. Recovered in Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. and Great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you for